Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KBEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's talking about time about. for Mortgage Matters. All right. Good morning, everybody. Happy December 15th. We uh, think we just concluded that this is going to be the final live show of 2018 um you know family and travel and holidays call us in other directions it's and, kind of kind of a tough two weeks yeah well mm-hmm. imagine a lot of people are um probably busy and not listening anyway so <laughs> whoa, whoa, for those whoa, whoa, whoa. of you for those of you that are <laughs> really looking forward to listening and deeply disappointed when we do a rerun we apologize. Yeah. But you know. I don't, we'll talk about it off the air. Maybe we could work out a pre-recorded something. I don't know. but You never know. Yeah. It's not the same as live anyway. No. You know? It's just, something, it's just something about knowing that your voice is heading out over the whole county here or wherever. I mean, mm-hmm. even and beyond. Yeah, somebody was saying that they heard the Mutter Mouse in... Uh, by King City. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming this radio. was last weekend, so I'm assuming that the Mortgage Matters guys were heard around King City somehow, too. And that's just on the regular radio signal? or Regular radio signal. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It carries pretty good. Yeah. It must be on that FM one. Maybe. The AM one see. for me is like I go under a bridge in a Tascadero and it's gone. What's FM? FM 96.5? Yes. Yeah, hmm. AM nine twenty or FM ninety six five. I don't know that I've listened to this station on ninety six five. Is sound, it a better signal? I mean, FM is just better. Well, we sound is a it? Lo- we sound it's, a lot sexier. AM carriers carries farther, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah, it hits yeah, a, like it hits mm-hmm. obstructions yeah. a lot, right? You drive past a tree or under some power lines, and it goes right. <laughs> no, <laughs> go under a bridge, and it's like mm-hmm. yeah, that's weird. AM kind of goes with the flow of the land, but if there's like an obstruction in the way, you can lose the signal a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. FM. But FM, and what's FM? But... FM's just it just moves with the with yeah. the contour it of the earth. Yeah, it doesn't seem to <laughs> be bothered so much. It's doing this saturated. delicate dance as it. Although I get the AM better in Pismo than I do the FM. Hmm. Well, you might just be closer to an antenna. So yeah, that's crazy. That's interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. So we've got yeah. options. We've got options. Nine twenty AM or ninety six five FM. FM or is nine, there an app? Did they ever do an app when they switched KVC, over to AGM? There's a KVC app. There's okay. nine twenty KVC dot com. You can listen on the internet. Right. So that's how we get those calls sometimes from out of the area. Out of state. Yeah. Your, your mom listens in Sacramento, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. So well, there. and she's listening on the app, I believe. Sorry. Hi, mom. <laughs> AM is low frequency. Uh, uh, um, yeah. 
FM is high frequency. The low frequency um, could potentially travel around the globe by just it bouncing can. its way around. Well, remember? Um, there... Bouncing off the ionosphere. I know you knew that, Dan. Well, yeah. remember a few years ago we had a guy that was uh, emailing me from uh, Russia, Nor Norway, I was think. I yeah, was and he was saying that he had heard the show in Norway, I believe it was. Whoa. Yeah, bouncing around somewhere. Yeah. So we've been on in Norway. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Do you have a – are you able to and sell property in Norway? Nothing. We are not. <laughs> we are actually limited to uh, doing home loans in yeah. the state of California. Yeah. But I will tell you that mm. this wonderful internet, you know, it gained us a client who at the time – lived in Tennessee mm -hmm. and they relocated to the central coast a few years back and we helped them buy that home. Mm -hmm. We That's made just even one standout one in your mind that happens more often than you think. Well, yeah, but I mean, we do get a lot of out of state calls. That's for oh, sure. Oh man. <laughs> you know what blows my mind too is, um, our, I, I, and I, I'm on the fence about this is this people that are just entering their information places, this willy nilly, um, or is it just that our site exudes so much confidence and professionalism? <laughs> People fill out these loan applications for us from around the United States um, pretty completely, <laughs> uh, not necessarily even really knowing where it ends up. And like I said, I just wonder, it's like, man, are you that comfy just pulling up a WWW and dumping everything you got into it? I personally, it's like, I mean, and obviously with some of the really major companies out there, you could probably arrive at a feeling of comfort more. Although history has taught us, don't be too comfortable, right? right? Yeah, all the big banks, they all they're the biggest targets. Data for, breaches, yeah. right? Yeah. What hacker is trying to catch us? Yeah, they want to come and get our we want their few hundred, book. few thousand clients. <laughs> yeah. No, but we'll go it, for the millions of target customers. Yeah, I get. We get a few <clears> applications <throat> a month that are from people that are like well outside of California. Um, that are, yeah, that's a gift for you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I know it's not from you, but thanks for being the delivery guy. <laughs> I just knew it was one of those things. If I didn't bring it to you today, it was going to get forgotten yeah. and then, oh man. And then not good. It's edible. This is a rum cake, Jim. Quite wow. delicious. And, uh, our, our mutual friend, John Hansen is, uh, the giver of this gift. Awesome. For, sign, for inking another year-long contract with KVEC. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, oh, we're good. we're in for another year. You'll have us for another year. Both you and the Mutter Mouse. Yeah. The Mutter Mouse, is, they talked about they're going to have a new host. But, yeah? Um, yeah, so, I told you about that last That's all night. out in the open now? But, yeah, <laughs> it's out in the open, yeah. So, We've been keeping but, yeah. that secret for a whole week. Yeah. So. That's got to be bittersweet. It them, is them having been the hosts for so long, twenty seven years. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean the. Um, I, I'm sure in the end it's fine, right? Because it's great content, and what a great resource to be able to have that to bounce ideas and have that conversation. Obviously, mm -hmm. so many people are interested in that topic for so many reasons, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there are people just loyal to the hosts that are like, man, yeah. Because doesn't it suck when things end? Like the, just an end of an era for you with something or someone, um, you know? 
And oftentimes, I think it's just people either retiring or, you know, choosing to move on from something or whatever. But it just, I, I always seem to struggle with that. Things you've done for a really long time mm-hmm. that then suddenly it's like, well, I guess there's a replacement for it, but it's different. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I think Jeff's pretty excited, though. Oh, yeah. He's talking to imagine? him out in the hallway. Yeah. Can you imagine? So he's been on the, the radio for 27 years. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Good long haul. Um, and yeah, I just could only imagine the, that feeling of having your life back in its entirety. <laughs> we, I joke with people. You we know, get that, that back at some point? That doesn't seem like reality. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, and, you know, yeah. for what it's worth here, I think we're going on year 10 or so we're, here. Of, yeah, we're like 10 and a half years into our radio career. Yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> oftentimes it feels like working six days a week. That's because we're working six days a week, Jason. That's, that's why it feels that way. So, yeah. So you're, uh, yeah, that, oddly enough, is a very accurate feeling that portrays right. the lifestyle of working six days a week. Um, and, yeah, and you know, and at some point, at some point when you're, like, you're going to get that part of your life back, um, and I don't mean to say that I don't enjoy it. I obviously enjoy it. I wouldn't do this if I didn't enjoy it, but... Um, you know, it's it's being in a chair every single Saturday. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. Um, passing up, going places and doing things and trying to work around substitutes and yeah. all these things. But um, Well, that's the nice thing. You guys do have some good guys that can come in here and fill in for you, too. Yeah. There's several of them. You've got Jason. You've got Will. You've got um, Mike. Mike. You've yeah. got everybody that um, that comes in and, and is able to sit in for you, too. So. Yes, I yes. Um, great thanks to those guys that do help us out. Um, they're still not comfortable or willing to come in without without <laughs> one of us, <laughs> which is understandable. It can be a little intimidating. Yeah, but, uh... I get it. I mean, I still won't do a solo show, <laughs> even though I'm confident that I can talk the entire way through. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah, zero interest in doing it though. Well, you know that feeling when you're trying to to like gather your thoughts while talking yeah it's hard uh that's difficult that's a skill (laughs) um yeah and and you can at least if someone just shakes their head at you and says yeah i understand that it gives you just that split second to gather your next thing right at least you know that you're making sense when it's just (laughs) you you're just babbling i feel yeah It's it's a gift yeah um so anyhow we are bringing in a guest later today uh, Steve Del Martini's going to come in. He was on the show. Were you here last time I had Steve here? It was not. I think it was Points. Yeah, it was Mike Points. Um, we kind of small talked the whole way through, <laughs> and I was looking forward to um, talking some more of the kind of the chunky things about Steve's involvement in. Um, you know, kind of real estate. He's been the liaison from like the, I don't know the right words or title for this, but go between the real estate community and the government side and, you know. Just through CAR or even, something else? Even city council and go mm. into the meetings and advisory committees and, you know, and I, I he's been here and respected for so long that I think his input's valuable. And, and so he plays it kind of two ways, right? He takes... The, the conversations he gets from 
the non-realtors back to the realtor community. And then likewise, he takes the commentary from the realtor community out into the, the broader the public space. Um, yeah. And yeah. so anyways, want to talk with him about some of that stuff and what's going on. He threatened to bring Lisa Combs with him, so we'll see if that works out. I did tell him we have four microphones, so it would be possible. Um, but yeah, so here we are uh, heading into the last live show of the year. And um, uh, yeah, we should probably... Uh, I'm curious, are you going to stay true to form and be bringing your... I think we have some annual traditions that we need to fulfill since this is the last live show of the year. Perfect. So, yeah, we'll definitely cover some of those. I I always look forward to finding out from you (laughs) whether... you know, this year, Nine Lords a leaping is more or less than last year. <clears throat> well, it's, it's important to understand what inflation's doing in our country. I feel like... <laughs> and how uh, it's affecting Christmas. And specifically on the Leaping Lords, I feel like they've got to be at a premium this year. Uh, so a bit of scarcity. I got to imagine high demand. If you needed Leaping Lords on the same day as a neighbor, they're... Yeah. Probably uh, so. Anyhow, let's <laughs> let's do our first commercial break here of the hour, and when we get back, we'll check in on the inflationary index of the twelve days of Christmas. Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling five four three eight eight three zero or eight hundred five four nine fifty eight thirty two. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. 
All right, guys. Welcome back. Starting to feel feel pretty Christmassy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Been to a few Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. Got a rum cake. <laughs> um, there it is. It's, I don't it know smells kind of good. It smells kind of good here in the studio too right now. I that's think that's a, probably me. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I put on some cologne. This oh, okay. I took a shower this morning, and right. I put on some cologne, and I brushed my teeth. Wow. And all my clothes wow. are clean. Wow. Wow. Wow, Jason. Wow. Jeez. Hey, man, I got to admit, some Saturday mornings are not as hygienic. No. Uh, That's why you left the house five minutes late uh, today, huh? No, it's a whole nother story. I didn't drive my wife's car because a friend is trying to give us a bale of hay, and I forgot to pick it up. So now I'm sending Ooh. my son with my truck to get the bale of hay. So then I drove my wife's car, which means I needed to get things from my car into that car. Yeah. Anyhow. Can be complicated. I just want to clarify, though, for those now afraid that I have um, questionable hygiene, I do not. <laughs> it's just sometimes on Saturday morning. <laughs> just Saturdays. I just want to throw on a hat. And I'm like, I'll brush my teeth, of course, because yeah. I'm not gross. But I'll just throw on a hat and like slide in here like, ah, it's radio. What does it matter that my hair is greasy under my hat? <laughs> I don't know if we ever get those cameras in here, though. The older I get, though, the more I like to shower. I think it sort of sorts out that, like, sleep wrinkles in my face from, like, wake up with your face all smashed and then go somewhere and you look this old and just face (laughs) smashed up. But if I shower, I feel like it lets the, like, skin go back to its less wrinkled state. I think showering helps to tame my gray hairs who want to go in a completely (laughs) different direction than the rest of my hair. Is that the thing? <laughs> yeah. They've got a mind of their own. Yeah. There are multiple <laughs> kinds of gray hairs, and I have heard that. Yeah. That, um, they can just, just go crazy. They do. I'm thankful that mine seem to like they fall in line with the, the rest. same rate and follow the plan. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the gal that cuts my hair told me, in fact, sometimes people's gray hairs will just start coming out curly. Oh. And they'll just go like all of a sudden they just as the takeover happens, they just have new hair. <laughs> wow. That's pretty wild. Funny. Um just every week we've been doing this, you know, it's part of it. Um the Dow yesterday closed down five hundred points on the day. I'm rounding up. Four ninety seven. But you forgive me. That's close to five hundred. Um twenty four thousand one hundred. Definitely a correction, right? Oh, Could clearly. Certainly qualify that as a correction. It's like been a, now, what? It's almost a, what, 3,800, 3,700 from the high, the all time high. So about um, a, yeah, what is October, that, like a 12 or 15% correction? October 3rd was 26,828. So just shy of 27,000. Oh, oh, I thought it was approaching 28,000. No, no, this approaching twenty seven. So yeah, so well, and I'm only looking at the yeah. That's got to be it. I was going to say I'm looking at the six month, um, but you can c- see pretty clearly from the chart that um, that was the high point. That was the high point. Okay, so yeah, not as not as big. Right around that ten percent correction, which is not atypical of a market that's run up so much. And interestingly enough, later that same month, in fact, at the tail end of that same month, the Dow hit twenty four four. So it sort of peaked and then 
almost rapidly made its way into a pretty consistent decline over the remainder of October through November. It looks like it sort of peaked again on November 7th and 8th at 26.1. And then again, um, a pretty rapid and consistent decline all the way through the end of November to 24.2. And now we peaked, the most recent peak again was 25.8 on December 3rd, and we've fallen quite consistently and dramatically since then to this point of 24.1. So 24.1 marks the lowest level that we've seen the Dow um, in more than six months. We've not, um, let's Kind of approaching the level that the year started, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm going back the one year we were at um shoosh. We're below where the year began. Okay. Uh 25,000 was roughly the opening of the year. So down on the year. Down on the year um the lowest point of 2018 came for us in March. March 23rd at 23.5. That's the low point for the year? Yeah. Okay. And you know when you're looking at these graphs, which are like the scratchy needle, it's almost like the seismograph, right? If you took, and and usually what you do to sort of smooth out, right, is just draw straight lines that sort of average the peaks and troughs going through it. This graph is an interesting one because really – from March all the way up to October, um, you could straight line that and find that it was about half above, half below that straight line. So in other words, kind of healthily chunking up and down towards an increase. Um, and now from there to here, if you draw the straight line from the peak to the current, we've um, we've been declining pretty rapidly with more than half below the peak or the that uh, average line. So it's definitely been the year, um, I mean, we spent the majority of the year sort of steadily gaining with ups and downs throughout, and now we're closing the end of the year with sort of steadily losing with, um, you know, ultimately erasing the, the profits of the entire year. Yeah, and that can... Yeah, you know, get you thinking a little negatively about the the year ahead, but I think you reminded us last year there's there's a few reasons why we might be seeing this. One is that we've had a good run in stocks, and so there's an opportunity here to sell stocks at relatively high levels and maybe take some gains from where they were where they were bought. Since obviously in November there was a a, a midterm election with some, you know, changing of of, you know, control with Congress. And so that, you know, you might think gridlock or I don't know, not gridlock necessarily, but a little more, um, a little probably opposing ideas. Um, we also have overseas in, um, the UK, we've got the whole Brexit thing going on, a lot of uncertainty and turmoil there. And I think that that issue specifically is really reflected in our bond market, which 
has, to my surprise, much to my surprise, has caused that 10-year note yield to drop. I mean, gosh, it's got to be about 40 basis points um, in the last couple of months here. We've dropped from like a three and a quarter yield on that 10-year note all the way down to a two, eight, five or so. If you look at the 10-year in a similar, like just looking back over the years period, there's a big trough in this thing um, that's going from like July until two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. We've sort of erased that back, which has really exposed it now as this true low. And and I found myself sitting thinking about that. Man, what is that? That, that big gut in um, – that's a big thing like looking at the bond market, right? And it, it feels now like, yeah, there is – a. a and remember, money moves into the bond market when there's safety concerns, right? Oh man, the stock market's so lucrative. It's the it's the fast gainer. It's the the wild returner. It's the way you could make twenty percent or more this year, right? On the, on some great stock picks and a good economy. Oh, how boring the bond market. Mm-hmm. How boring down there just with these consistent low returns. And sure, they're very low, but the risk of losing your principal in them is almost nothing. Um, you know, in fact, in some cases, they are. And there's inflation protected treasuries. There's all these other things that just make this this boring little predictable market. So when so again, trying to look back at this kind of trough in that is okay, well, what happened? What gave since July to here? Um and I think there's a there's a lot of things we could point to. Um and getting here to the tail end of the year. Um, agreed the Brexit thing's a big deal, um, and it kind of just feels like piling on at this point. If there was some uncertainty as we're still ironing out trade agreements and tariffs and um, you know taxes and health care, I saw again, you know, we're fighting over health care stuff still. It's, it's There's so much going on. The Brexit thing doesn't directly affect us, but it kind of does, where now we see that um, – the lack of ability to get the plan together and the kind of stalemate that's going on. And they, um, you know, it, because what happens with their trade, what happens with their currency, what happens with their immigration, there's so much that matters between the UK and the EU um, that it sort of is all eyes. And as um, you probably saw, the Prime Minister, Theresa May, had a vote of confidence this week. And for a minute, it was sort of scary as to whether or not she would survive the vote of confidence. So big stuff happening over there. And those things, of course, the pound has fallen against the dollar quite dramatically. That movement just drives money back into the U.S. stock market where we might be crazy. We (laughs) we have our own sideshow going on, right? (laughs) We might be a little crazy, but hey, we're we're still chunking along with great GDP. Um, we are, while we have some debt, some things that are a little concerning and uh, budget deficit, um, we just managed to be the safest bet still. And so whenever there's turmoil, money in lowers that. And so that's what we're enjoying. The return um, of the 4% interest rate. Yeah. <laughs> well, the high force. <laughs> But yeah, we're back in the fours. We're back in the fours. <laughs> um, and, you know, like you la- you said that, like kind of tongue in cheek. Well, it seemed like, like re- we had moved over a major barrier, that 3% 10-year yield, which pushed us over 5% on 
the 30 year fixed and it seemed like that was a point of no return so but here it, we are interestingly <laughs> enough you know we're um man i want to still get into your christmas index but we need to just finish this topic enough here this week when i was um i was talking with our friend jeff and we were we were sort of laughing about how um how long interest rates have been so low and even still so low, right? But it's obviously causing these um, little change in sentiment. Um, the market, if it was moving into white hot, is arguably not white hot right now. So it feels like at a minimum we could attribute a little bit of that to the rates going up. So that's fine. Um, I can get on board with that. And we said, how about this, though? What when... Um, some bank, and let's just say it's Wells Fargo, right? Light volume, down profits, looking forward, wondering, like, man, we really need a shot in the arm. We really need something special now. Um, so just say, well, how about this? How about we just do a 4% 30-year fixed and flood them in? Um, all those people, all that stuff, because... I, I said more than once during this conversation that, well, the interesting thing is that um, 4% is much more than 100% of nothing. Sure. So if you're trying to, you know, have a little fee income, have a little interest income, uh, and you can just cut somebody over there that's got a four and a half, which is well below market. So they should be like next to no flight risk. They offer out some program, and and you want to know what I think will be the killer of it? So this is one of my predictions. Maybe not for 2019, but coming. Um, you know how you get that charter thing in the mail that it's like charter internet for twenty nine ninety nine a month? Mm -hmm. Not for you. Mr. Right, for a new customer. For a new customer. Yeah, I was on the so phone with them yesterday explaining this They're going to start doing this with home loans. Mm. I think we're going to see this in the next few years where um, – you can get a home loan for twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you can because it's all about the teeter totter. <laughs> they're gonna, wow, they're going to start doing this right thing now. where, in order to sort of create a little something something, the I think some of the majors will start competing with one another with well sub market interest rates for new customers only, and it'll be with some catch. Right, open a checking account. Uh, refi your auto loan with your car loan or with your house loan. Some stupid things like this. I just know it's coming. How far away is it? Yeah, I I can see that. And when you have a giant like Wells Fargo who touches one in four home loans in the country, yeah. they have the the financial power to be able to do that, to be able to um, offer below market rates, hold them just yeah. gain the interest. And then any of the competitors, the smaller competitors that are teetering on the brink, I mean, it could just be the the last straw that pushes them out right. completely. And then after that dust settles, there's less competition for those big giants again. There's going to be a lot of that this year anyway. The mid-level banks are going to, um, and I don't mean retail banks like with checking accounts, but a lot of those big mid-level mortgage, mortgage banks. banks. Yeah, and we've been seeing it since June or July. They're going to be consolidating out. They're, you know, bottom line is you got to be something special, and they get caught in no man's land. They don't have the best rate. They don't have the best service, and they don't have the loyal customer. Um, so a company like ours who stays 
really um, wisely positioned in always having access to the best rates because we don't serve one bank. We serve them all. Um, always having access to the best rate means that we don't have margin compression on our income. And then the the boutique nature of our company, the small, amiable, um, relationship-oriented business is able to keep a loyal following of a clientele that um, appreciates that we're here but then also being able to provide an experience for them that you don't get when you get off into the majors. And I don't I, – I, it's not my interest to criticize them as much as it is to point out that you can just do that better when you're smaller. Well, and with the the mortgage banking model that we have, you know, we've kind of we, – we were even chuckling about this this week. Since mid-year, we've watched some of these um, mid-level mortgage banks fight for volume. Volume is down this year and they've been fighting and they've been fighting by undercutting one another month after month with a lower rate, a lower rate, a lower margin, a lower profit margin, some even operating in the red to try to gain market share. Well, because and all the while we don't care if they're making money or not because we're still able to provide the rates they're offering and make a profit. And when they ultimately buy the loan, they're buying it and they're going to lose money on it. But that's not our problem. That's their problem. And it's great for our customers because they can take advantage of that. Right. And when that goes away (laughs) and the banks that are out there uh, with their loss leader attempting just to keep the lights on until spring, because that's really what's going on here is that they some cases they're delaying the inevitable, right? They're going to end up having to restructure and figure out how to return to profitability or they're going to close. But in the interim, what does June hold? And if I can make it to June, um, is June where once again, we just have abundance of, of loan volume and good rates and a strong economy? Maybe. So I get why they're trying to, to make it out that far. But so we're we're laughing, saying, "Well, we know we see where the line is. It's when you know it's not hard to know who's out there selling, offering interest rates and stuff that are like below where their profitability lies. And when they go away, it'll go back to normal, where we'll still be able to sell loans to the five top priced investors in the nation. So for us, it's really only like." Um, I, I hate to sound like it's parasitic or something, but this is what they're offering. This is their business plan. This is like if you own a restaurant and you have you know, 500 pounds of beef in the back and it's all going to go bad on Friday, you ought to have a meatloaf special this week. <laughs> right. <laughs> See if you can get some folks excited about Salisbury <clears throat> steak with a side of meatloaf. Um, that's what these companies are doing is just – you know. Let me keep my staff together. Let me keep my staff busy. Um, one of the commentaries I read this week said the average mortgage um, now for the lender, the average mortgage is worth $480 profit. I nearly sent it to you. Um, just a, The average across yeah. all banks? Uh, yes. So $480, you, yeah. If you ran it out and you said, okay, we are – we're doing 10 loans this month, so our total profit when all is said and done is, you know, 5000 bucks. Is that the origination level or at the mortgage banking level? 
the mortgage banking loan. Yeah. We, I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of our investors, um, maintaining those relationships where we sell the loans to these larger institutions. And mid-year, one of our big banks based in the Southeast was telling us that they, over the course of about 18 months, the value of, of the average mortgage had gone from several thousand dollars yeah. per loan down to, I think they had dropped their margin all the way down to about 250 bucks. And that was as low as they were willing to go. They were not willing to operate in the red. Um, and at the time, we look at all the bank's offerings and they weren't even close to the best. Right. So that means that everyone offering a better rate than them was operating in the red. In the red. And it was it was a lot of the banks. So it's it is going to be interesting to see who survives this period of time. Yeah, and again, it, I I don't want to shake anybody's confidence. There's nothing no. wrong. There's nothing wrong. It's just light volume, right? Homeowners have low rates, so the refi business is um, really anymore. Um, you got to have to have a real need to refi. Uh, Buying out a partner, getting a divorce, major debt consolidation, purchasing a business, tapping income for the down payment of buying a second home in Vail, whatever it is you're doing, there's a real driver behind it. Gone are the days of, well, I refied because I could save 300 bucks a month. Um, so that being said, it's just, it's changing and it's light volume. There's less homes selling for the same phenomena is, well, I don't want to sell. I have a great Prop 13 tax rate and a really low interest rate, so I'm... I'm good to stand pat. So all of that means that these mortgage companies are just struggling for volume. And the greater your overhead is, man, you really have a, a significant target on your back now. So they'll all be sorting this out and figuring this out. And and many of those companies are going to cease operating. I wouldn't be surprised um, when we start getting some quarterly earnings next year to learn that some of the financial stocks are going to go back to – um, not having the mortgage division of their company covering the losses of their free checking accounts anymore. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be piling into the financial stocks into next year if it were me. I would move away from owning my my city, Wells Fargo, Chase, all those. I'd probably move away from that into things that are not going to be dependent on mortgage origination volume. But... um. You know, it, it's part of the natural market is people are just going to have a little bit less of this. There's going to be less to go around. Um, I'm not scared of that. For our company, I, I kind of welcome that. I want to see the um, the industry clean up the people that thought there was uh, easy money to be made here, that it's all low-hanging fruit to just any old knucklehead could do a mortgage. In fact, the biggest mortgage company in the nation now is just saying they call it a rocket loan and you just push a button. And it's like, wow, you really underestimate um, the significance of this transaction in people's lives. And the reason that you would have a real, real practitioner of the industry be your personal expert. Um, so I do. I think a lot of that stuff gets cleaned up. Um, and I like that. OK. We do need to do the uh, final commercial break of this first hour, and I promise when we get back, we do Dan's we do Dan's uh, Christmas inflation index. So stick around after this short break for more mortgage, mortgage matters. matters with hosts Dan and Jason. We'll be right back. Join the conversation by calling five four three eight eight three zero or eight hundred five four nine fifty eight thirty two. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage expert. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Jim. Jerry Garcia and the guys there. Run, yeah. run, Rudolph. Grateful Dead. It. It's kind of funny. They're using the Peanuts uh, Christmas special as the video. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Well, there's... Um, I mean, not to get into the whole history of it, but there's a guy named Pigpen in the band in that, oh, okay. in that era. Yeah, Ron, and this Ron one, McKiernan. Okay, this doesn't kind of um, features Pigpen a lot. Yeah, uh-huh. and so in fact, he's playing the cello. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. there, and I'm not suggesting that's exactly what it is, but Pigpen being the nickname, and, and you know, so may, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I'm thinking probably. Probably sometime. Kind of prominent in the video that I 
All right, Dan, we got 11 <laughs> minutes, which gives yeah. us a little less than a minute per. So, uh, <laughs> well, every year we do this, and it's just one more way to measure uh, price inflation in our economy. Right. Um, you know, we look monthly at producer prices, consumer prices, and inflation obviously is a big thing that's tracked by the Fed as they um, make decisions about their policy. Yeah, and inflation this year has been tracking right along with what they're kind of the what they call their the target. benchmark they're after. Yeah, two percent. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, in fact, in November, the November reading for this month had an annualized rate of two point two percent inflation. So just right where they want it to be. Um, actually, kind of a, a low point for the year. Um, back in the middle of the year, we were up as as high as two point nine percent annualized inflation. Which, um, yeah, and as an aside real quick here, this is also one of those things that is sort of, I think, one of the factors as to why the the Dow's correcting and the Feds are looking closely is um, that inflation should have been, uh, we wouldn't want to see a soft spot in it right now in the middle of rate raising. If we have good GDP, good jobs, good economy, why are we seeing a soft spot in inflation um, it does, is that a sort of a shot across the bow? So, anyhow. Yeah. Um, so 2.2% is our most recent um, year-over-year inflation number. That's the CPI. Um, but every year, uh, one of the large institutions, it's PNC Bank, um, they come out with their Christmas price index. So it's yeah. kind of a fun seasonal way of looking at inflation. And, um, you know, it's based on the 12 days of Christmas, all the, the different items that you can purchase <laughs> for, your, for your loved one. Um, and this year, it, it would cost you just over $39,000 to buy all of the gifts listed in that, in that song, which is about a $450 increase from last year or 1.2% inflation. Wow. So really um, tracking below the headline inflation number here, Christmas is a little bit more expensive, but um, relatively speaking, more affordable for us than (laughs) the rest of life. That's right. Um, So there were six of the 12 items on the list remained the exact same price from last year. Those items were your turtle doves, your French hens, your calling birds. Mm-hmm. Your swans, your maids, and your ladies. The maids and the ladies, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, the birds don't surprise me much because they're kind of a <clears throat> staple, right? Widely available. Probably hard to really do price gouging or set prices to get your turtle doves worth more. Um, but okay. Copy that. Surprised a little bit by the maids. I feel like with wage this year, wage growth has been over 3% now on the year over year. I think it was 3.1 at last month's reading. Surprised the maids aren't making at least 3% more income this year than last year. Yeah. Maybe I, it's their health care uh, kind of driving up the overall cost of employment there. Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Um, let's see. There were a couple. And, and then obviously of the other six items, there were some price adjustments. We had the partridge in a pear tree uh-huh. um, only went up. 0.1% this year to $220. Must not be an organic pear tree. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, and then whew, those six geese aligned. See here, all the birds were just right in line with last year's prices. But the geese, um, 
The Gisa Lang were up 8.3%. They would cost you $390 for the six Gisa Lang. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dan, you've mentioned a couple of prices here so far. If I can get my half dozen geese for a mere 500 bucks, um, how did we get to 38 grand? Where's the real meat of this endeavor here? The most expensive of these items, and granted, you know, the number of the items goes up with each item. Sure. Um, the most expensive is the, the seven swans of swimming. $13,125. Oh, wow. It's an expensive bird, maybe, I guess. Well, wow. Maybe Trump put a tariff on swans. Where yeah, did they come from? Are, I they, am are not these sure. Chinese swans? They're I am not 25%. sure. That's just shy of $2,000 per swan. Now, how does that compare to the geese laying and the partridge and the parrot? The geese, six geese laying, only $390. I mean, wow. geese, you wow. could go to any park with a pond and find a goose probably okay the partridge sure and partridge in a pear tree granted there's a pear tree involved here too that's yeah. 220 dollars well and two you know i don't know if you guys have much goose experience but since nasty little buggers they bite they, <laughs> they are aggressive they are aggressive <laughs> yeah uh, whereas, that's true so what that's got a discount their value whereas a swan on the other hand they just they swim and they look gracious and beautiful i've never been attacked by a swan so this is an interesting point here um you know we had already talked about the maids and the ladies um remaining in line with last year's prices don't tell me the lords are making more um yeah and it's wow. it's justified by labor prices going up so the cost of the 10 lords a leaping went up by three percent Oh, right in line with average wage increase. What yeah. About, what about 12 drummers drumming? 12 drummers drumming was up 3.5%. Maybe that's because of the um, and unions. the pipers piping <laughs> also up 3.5%. Huh. Um, I mean, it must be something about the lords. They're, uh, they're earning $1,000 each, um, $10,000 total for the lords. So that comes in as your second most expensive item right behind the swans. Wow. Um, Wait, three French hens, though. Did we put them into the uh, the bird category there? Yeah. The French hens were a no change, $181 for those three French hens. They're, I mean, they're, maids a-milking must... They, there is no opportunity to be a maid a-milking. Um, $58 I mean, for eight maids a-milking. That's not even minimum wage. I got to believe yeah. it takes... I mean, how long does it take to milk a cow? Does that it takes a little while. But, you know, does it show like if it's higher in Wisconsin or something like that? It doesn't break it down regionally. Or not a not a very skilled labor. Yeah, like, I guess. That way. I and guess you're usually sitting like on a stool next to a pile of dung. Yeah, just it's a crap job. <laughs> Plus, that's the. <laughs> yeah, watch that word. One <laughs> item. <laughs> one item on this yeah. list saw a price decline. It's the one item I haven't mentioned that the song pauses on okay. every time. Uh, five golden rings. Uh, gold. The gold rings were down nine point one percent. Wow. After last year, they they were up ten percent. Ooh. So those gold rings um taking a big hit this Your year. Your two-year investment is flat on that. Yeah. So again, to get all of those items on the list, you're going to spend 39,094, almost $95. But altogether, a 1% change? If you really mm -hmm. wanted to impress your true love, 
And if you wanted to buy all 364 items, as they are mentioned throughout the song, you know, repeatedly, uh-huh. um, you would spend a little over $170,000. She's worth it. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of birds at your house. Yeah. Birds and leaping lords and maids looking for things to milk. Yep. Hopefully the maids know how to milk the birds because they didn't get any cows at all with the order. Your wife's not going to have any fingers left with all those gold rings on them. It's just going to be oh. these little these little uh, gold sausages on her hands. Well, you know, surely the envy of the town. <laughs> right. Well, maybe we can attribute the uh, eight maids of milking to the automation automation of the dairy industry very well could be that it is yeah yeah true well i will say walk up and get milked i don't i don't want um you know the women to feel unappreciated the ladies dancing perhaps it's because almond milk is getting more popular now and so as Mm -hmm. people are just relying less on um cow milk well that's possible. You know, it's hard to milk an almond. The nine ladies dancing were the third most expensive item at uh, just over $7,500. So if you are a lady who dances, there's some there's some good money to be made Lucrative, out there. Huh? Yeah. So, Wild. All right. Well. Always a fun, fun always thing to do. Always really fun to do. Yeah. It's a fun, fun one. Um, All right, we got the top of the hour commercial break, which means we have about five minutes here before we have the next hour of Mortgage Matters, and we do hope that you guys will stick around. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your host, Dan and Jason, from Central Coast Lending. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. And on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Those specials that would come out when we were kids every year. The Charlie Brown, the Muppets. It was every year. It was just, you'd look forward to those ones. Maybe Frosty would. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you were like the the thing that I remember about it. I was trying to explain this to my kids the other day. Um, 
there wasn't 900 channels right. on you had television. Like 13 channels. If, or something. If, <laughs> yeah, only uh, only about five of them came in. The rest yeah. was just the cow in a snowstorm. Right. And I was the remote, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. my yeah. dad would yeah, command turn that me on what, what could be done. Sometimes you'd have to hold the antenna. <laughs> right. Um, but, and then yeah. there was that, that weird station, the VHF. Or, yeah. You know, uh-huh. and it, it was VHF. nothing, but it was on every TV. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it had nothing on it. Well, that's how you hooked up your Atari. Or wasn't that the channel? Was that where you hooked up the Atari to the TV? Like I hadn't. Told well, you know, you were like in Fresno. You were in Sacramento, so you had the V. I mean, because like in Fresno, we had channel twenty four, channel forty seven, and oh. channel thirty six, wow. and stuff like where? that. Where in Fresno? Why would they even need to go that high? There was only a couple channels. Because we didn't, they could. We didn't have Same channels reason. two, three, four, and five in Fresno. I remember I no, had no. the I had the TV that no. had the dial that had yeah. like one through thirteen, yeah. and then there was like yeah. one other setting, and then you could use the other dial that oh. had like that the, maybe up to forty channels. Well, that was like the tuner. Yeah. Yeah. Is well, well, anyway. man, we're so, old. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> your parents weren't in real estate then, were they? You got all that, no. that extra stuff. <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, well, yeah. The other thing too, I remember it was a real thing in my house. My dad called it the RCA slap, which was a was a, a widely accepted way of solving problems with the electronics. Was you just give it a little slap on the side, yeah, Thunk, and then oh, the, yeah. the, the rolling works, would yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, side the snow, any yeah, the snow <laughs> on it, give it a good old whack to the side of the set there. Yeah, there. Probably, <laughs> probably the people are listening to us are the ones that can really actually remember anything you're talking about. And then, oh, our our yeah. demographic yeah. we know yeah. here is um, folks yeah. that are well aware of what we're talking about. <laughs> probably, I like how you didn't, you know, define yeah. it by age. Yeah, you no, 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 they're just they're privy to our subject content. Um, they were. Um, probably talking amongst themselves right now about like oh, yeah. remembering when they got their first color television. Well, I, I uh, was at Miner's Hardware uh, right before coming here, and one of the Brooks brothers from uh, from the um, wood shop uh, across the street from the uh, from Miner's Hardware uh-huh. came up, and and uh, I was speaking to him. Oh, that's so like I, the finish your own furniture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooks Woodcraft. Yeah, 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 if you've never been there, it's a, it's a pretty cool place. But uh, yeah, I, I'm sure if he he said he would be listening. So <laughs> shout out to you. And yes, you probably had the TV too with only 13. Yeah. One thing that hasn't changed is things will not work properly until the repairman gets there. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll work properly. So much so simpler that, that when is, you just had to have a kid changed. hold an antenna. Yeah, there it is. Now you have to like you have to call <laughs> in the big guns to come out and fix your electronic problems. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah or or as yeah. tacky as yeah. it is, you might make a tinfoil yeah. uh, amplifier yeah. <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> to is. get up there on yeah. that antenna. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Steve. This is Steve Del Martini. Uh, easy for me now to say of Patterson Realty. You can now say of Patterson oh, Realty. Yeah. I didn't even know that. You didn't? No. No, either did uh, Mike last time. Huh? Yeah. The Patterson brand's getting pretty watered down. They're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was a compliment. Was like, yeah, I think they'll, that was an attempt at a compliment. They'll take anybody now. <laughs> um, I, I Obviously, I'm just kidding. I love the Patterson brand. I'm a big fan of you. Um, Steve, I, I do think, uh, you have been doing this since before I was born. Well, or almost, <laughs> almost. um, 40, 40 years. Yes. Thank you very much. Which there's some real value to that. And, um, 
I wanted to ask you too is we're at, we're at the tail end of the show here. Um, it's funny how like you've been in 40 years, you've obviously mostly seen it all, done it all, but definitely been through economic cycles, right? You've seen the ups and the downs and it seemed, um, seemed like it happened every 10 years when I first got into the industry in the 70s. And there's one in the 80s and the 90s. And Right. You know. And I've heard that. Um, I remember for me, when I got into the business, the first time we really um, kind of started to see some funkiness was around 9-11. That was, that was a little bit of a shocker, right? Um, kind of rocked the financial markets and, and also caused some change in interest rate and yeah. things like that. There was um, an oil embargo that did the same thing years ago, uh, kind of rocked the markets across the world, and so we saw change. Yeah, so then <clears throat> the next movement for us, though, was witnessing that, um, man, 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, which was wild, right? Uh, you had to have seen it from your perspective at that time as just, holy smokes, this is ridiculous. Yeah, because um, we were talking about this at the office the other day, and uh, the the trend used to be if you went into a downturn, it was maybe three years, something like that. It wasn't as horrible as, you know, the, the last great recession. Uh-huh. Uh, but there would be a downturn, and it, and it would all come back around, and it didn't really harm people as much, um, but it would happen, and, and – um, yeah, different some, reasons. Some yeah. really deep cuts in that yeah. Great Recession, right? Yep. We had um at the time um from from our perspective where we were in the in the operations side of the um pretty high up there mortgage banker world, um it was really evident that there was a significant leveraging that had occurred. Um and with the tail end of that run up, right, with the 25 and 35 percent a year at times um increases in values uh it was really just people making money hand over fist and then continuing to bend over backwards to keep that facilitated with crazier and crazier loan products and all the while the companies that were um kind of aggregating that business were so leveraged. Yes. We understood at the time the leverage ratios to be about 50 to 1. <laughs> so in other words, if you had a million dollars in the bank as a mortgage bank, that was your asset holding, you could get about a 50 million dollar credit line. Um Dan, you do the credit lines for our company. I'm out of touch with this. What's the ratio today? Like max ratio is max accepted. Max 15 to 1. 15, wow. which is still very high. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have anything that's 15 to 1, do we? Or is that... Not with any one line. Yeah. No. So, but bottom Not line... Not with all the lines combined either. Right. Yeah, they actually look globally at all of your... To see if you could be yeah, overexposed. What, what's your maximum exposure? So they do yeah. look at that. So you you end up in this situation where the leveraging was so great at 50 to 1... Um, that the deleveraging was going to be long, deep, and painful, and, um, and and I don't think most Americans missed a minute of that long, yeah. deep, and painful deleveraging that the whole country went through. Yeah, I don't either. And and you know, <clears throat> the, talking about uh, longevity in the real estate industry, there was nothing uh, to go back for experience. Well, you know, haven't you right. been here before? And 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 maybe you thought you had been there before the first couple of years. But when it went on and on and on, it got deeper and longer. Felt like whereas, uncharted territory. Yeah, it was like, no, I haven't been there before. So maybe, 
you know, something in the future. So I guess, I guess is um, one of the one of the reasons I brought this up and was kind of curious to ask you now as we kind of sit year in and there's there's no shortage of talk about whether there's a recession going on um, on the horizon, right? Right. We're no, clearly sir. not in a recession period yet, but most folks, most reasonable folks, just have to agree that a re- recession is inevitable, right? It's just a matter of when. Well, I would have to agree with that if it's recession or a downturn, whatever terminology you want to throw out there. Some people think a recession may be worse than a downturn, and a downturn doesn't last as long or is as deep and sure. hurts so much as a recession. Um, so there's different ways to look at it. But, yeah, I think that that you're, something's going to happen at some point. I don't think when it's you've been, you know, in the next year. But. When you've had the benefit of seeing multiple cycles like this, um, do you even care? Is it even on your radar? It, it does get on the radar because it's it's in front of you through the media in a negative way so often. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's kind of like every day you're out there and then and it's, you know, this is happening and this is happening. And, you know, markets are slowing down and interest rates are going up and it's going to be horrible. I opened an office in 1981 and interest rates were at 21 percent. So anybody out there getting 5 percent today, I, I know you ought to be uh, congratulating oh, yeah. yourself. Oh, as yeah. far as that goes. But no, you know, it, it's just in your face now, you know, right. like you're just saying, on, on almost a daily basis. So, um, it, you know, at least um, through communication at our office uh, recently, it's like we're, we, we need to find something we can put out there on a positive spit, you know, because there is, you know, there's a reason to be in real estate or, sure. or people wouldn't get into it, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, maybe not looked at as much as shelter anymore. But when I started in real estate, it was really you bought a home and it was for the family and and, and all of that. Now, you know, a common question um, is how much you think I'm going to make? And if that's the first question out of someone's mouth and, you, you know, you kind of have to sit them down and say, okay, well, maybe it's not going to make, you know, going to take care of all of your money worries in the end like it has in the past. But Well, it, prob- that- it probably does over 30 years. It may over 30 years. Sure. But if you're thinking of a couple, two, three-year plan. You know, as you say that, though, I can appreciate that because um, you're asking me if I'm if I'm the millennial today or I'm the first-time homebuyer, you're asking me to cozy up to investing $600,000, beg, borrow, and steal every penny I have, oftentimes with family money. Grandma's going to give me some money. My father-in-law is going to give me some money. My, my mom's going to give me some money. My 401's so, going to... Yeah, I'm borrowing from my 401k. I'm rubbing everything I got together to make this thing happen at six or seven hundred thousand dollars in some markets for an entry level home, um, I, I'm freaked out about that, and I would like to comfort myself with believing that it is an investment. You know, it it is an investment. I do want to make money at it because still renting is cheaper for me. That's sure. that's for sure. Uh, at least around Slow County, every market I know of in Slow County, you're, it, you're, it, if you can find a rental that's suitable to you, it's going to be cheaper than what it costs to buy that. Probably because you haven't accumulated the down payment to, to offset what that you know right. that rent versus owns going to be. Yeah, and so from that end, you know that's that's one great argument. By the way, that, that that's why rents are going to just keep going up because. Um, well, there's an interesting kind of change, I think, right now in the rental market. Um, I've spoken to a couple of property managers over the last few weeks because I've been noticing uh, for rent signs even on Foothill Boulevard. Hmm. And you kind of go, okay, you know, what's what's that about? Why are there for rent signs? Is there a softening? Is the impact from, you know, the, the new, what is it, 1,100 new beds that 
Polly or however many they just finally put in. hitting. Are we finally? Yeah, well, you know, they did it before when they put in um, the the beds that uh, are at the back of the campus, right. and I think it was only eight hundred then or something like that. Um, the two bedroom rental market um, started leveling. I mean, it wasn't not as if it's going up, but but there were there were two bedroom apartments um, kind of available year round. You know, for at least a year, the studios ones and others seem to have. Uh, you know, not it didn't have the same effect on those. So it, it, it's kind of interesting. I do see that. Um, but I, even, I'm not saying it's a softening. It's just there's kind of this awareness that, gosh, it's odd to see a for rent sign on Foothill Boulevard. Even at that time, I remember <laughs> when those new dorms went in, there was a maybe a leveling, but it was a very short-lived leveling. Right, like and quickly, yep. those those rents, you know, marched but, on higher like, yeah, like yeah. they always seem to. Because Cal Poly – they're anticipating the growth of their student body. Well, you know, you know what's interesting too is that um, I feel like we used to have. Um, and when you say you're seeing signs on Foothill, I'm picturing like a for rent sign. Yeah, well, yeah. That's but are you I mean. talking about like an REG sign or like a Manderley sure. sign? Yeah, sure. man, property management companies. Yeah. Um, I feel like it used to be like back in my Cal Poly years, right? It was like. Uh, you would go to the property managers in town, right? Because even going to their website at the time was right. difficult. Uh, so you would go there and you would pick up the few page sheet of the availables. Mm-hmm. And they always wanted you to drive by them and see them first before you started wasting their time. Don't disturb the tenants. And then if you wanted to apply, you could. And then um, that that's how it sorted itself mm-hmm. out. It was. Then we went into this era of Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And for a minute, Craigslist was a pretty powerful little tool. Um, Craigslist today is back to like the scam ground, man. You got to wonder if you're smart at all. Are these listings even actually the listing from the person that's offering the place for sale? Am I about to get hoodwinked into some greater thing that I don't want to be a part of? As a landlord, if I put my place legitimately on Craigslist, I'm now I'm bombarded by these offers and solicitations and spams and cons all the same from who knows where. Um, and so now we're sort of going back to the other way is like, well, you better make your way to the property manager's website. And again, throwing a sign in the front yard is going to be of great benefit. So um, maybe in some some degree, it's just uh, what's What's old is new again, as we've shaken out that those that the internet thing is also not great. Yeah, and and, and I think that the sophistication of the property managers on their websites, they now have pictures. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so you know, it takes a little bit of the you know get behind the wheel and and, and all five people that are going to move. Well, into, and, into the and you can update that <laughs> stuff to on drive the fly, in the car right? <laughs> Excuse me. Somebody that doesn't know how to code can add or remove a listing on the fly. They can update a photo or put some appending on something super mm-hmm. quick where before you would have, you know, 20 years ago, you would have needed to call your web developer and tell them that you need them to add this new rental you just got. Well, that's uh, what I do. I uh, Lisa Combs, I think, is listening, so that's who my web developer <laughs> is. I call her. Shout out to you, Lisa. <laughs> Perfect. I'm curious, just circling back to, you know, the the idea that there might be a slowdown in the economy in the next year or two or three. Um, who is most impacted by that? Is it the buyer who's most interested in making a profit in a short period of time on a home? Or does it affect just the general buyer who's looking for shelter for their family? 
Pro- well, hmm, that's, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure I can answer it 100%, but I would think that the person that, that is, is, is being led to believe that there's going to be a profit in everything you do in real estate, um, it's probably that person, um, um, the person that uh, you know has is, is got a staple job, wants to live in the community, wants to contribute to the community through school, church, or whatever. Um, I'm not sure that they're as worried about a slowdown because um, I think if you if you take people in, you counsel them correctly. At least what we you know my my conversation now is you know if you find a home you like, you need to like it for five to seven years because if we do go through some sort of downturn, hopefully it goes back to kind of the normal one where it might be a three year span, something like that. So you you buy it here, it goes to a downturn a little bit, you live through that, and you get it back to even. That's maybe what you can expect. I don't know that you can get it back to okay. I'm going to make twenty five thousand now, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever the number might be. So I, I, I think that that might be the way I would look at it. That the yeah. person that that is believing that you're going to make a, you know, it's going to solve my money problems. You know, I can go out and uh, leverage myself with uh, you know, well, and big you know screens what? and stuff. Right. <laughs> and you know what? The the fact is that it might. Yep. It just might. It might. People get lucky. Yep. Um, That's why they at have the Vegas. same time, yeah. Well, and it just there's you, good deals in any market. You, there are, and you also might just get lucky where you sell at what, in hindsight, yep. turns out to be a pretty sweet peak. Yep. The reality is, and I, I was sitting with some customers this week where we went through this whole thing. I mean, I wish the whole conversation was taped because it was two extremely well educated people, um, kind of transplants to our area, right? Came from San Diego. They both own properties. So it's just like an, one of the unmarried committed couples that are buying a house here together. Um, anyhow, those were, they said, well, we might just be content to just sort of ride this thing out and wait for prices to fall a little. And I go, man, that's a fascinating thing to me. And here's why, right? So we talk about that. If rates go up, if values do just which are still going up nationally, we know, at 5.5% or something. And in most of the local markets here, it's similar to that. So if you waited a year or two, they're going 6 or 8 or 12% beyond where they are today. So then you're going to look for them flattening and hope then that they decline. So maybe does a year or two take back that 10%, um, bringing you back to today? And then does another year or two of that Really? Does that where you're jumped and excited mm-hmm. of, hey, look, we erased 10% of gain where I first thought about jumping in, and now we're 10% below that, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, you that- won't be poised and ready then, because if it's gone down at that point, 20%, what else is coming? Yeah, and, that- and, and additionally, when we think about real estate up and down, 20% is very volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow or other, this last cycle convinced us that that is something that you need to concern yourself with is property value fluctuation of 25 to 50%. Uh, not normal. No, not right? normal. Not, not normal not at all, lifetime. right? 40-year career right here in California real estate. Have you ever no. seen cycles moving 25 to 40%? No. So what does real movement look like, Steve? Like, And when I say real, like in your experience of a downturn or a recession, a slowdown, what do you call that? It, Five percent, ten percent, zeros up and zeros down for extended years on end. What happens? Well, you know, it's 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 kind of interesting because I'm not sure that uh, when I first got into real estate, my I'll tell you, it took me probably ten years to even get comfortable in the industry and, and, and thought that I was you know really going to have a career in it. Although that's not where I started. I mm-hmm. stopped in at my folks' office and 
now I'm 40 years into it. But, you know, back then I don't remember the talking percentages. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I can't remember like in, in, in 1982 if there was a downturn, if it was – Less focus on being able to measure yeah, the value yeah, of your was, house all the time? Yeah, because, again, you still had people buying in the market that were buying to buy a house because, right. you know, you have a lot of government around here. And yeah. government people come in and, that, and they're not – they don't focus on, on that as much. They focus on the 30-year payoff. And then I retire. And okay. the affordability along the way. Yeah. Can I afford this payment? Yeah. Well, we're, we're also led to believe today, like, so in the mortgage world, we're kind of talking about churn of what would happen with your clients. And I know you guys have this too in real estate, but um, we're led to believe that people own a home for like these days, four to eight years. And I think it's even longer. Yeah. Do I've, you? Yes, I do. How I, long? Oh, gotcha. I, I see stats from maybe that kind of a cycle up to people are holding them 15 to 17 years. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Um, that sounds like what I've heard yeah, lately exactly. too, which is yeah. very shocking to me because mm-hmm. up until about 10 years ago, the whole industry had accepted that, you know, across the country, it was three to five years. California was a little longer, five to seven years, mm-hmm. but really we're hearing yep. that it's more yeah. like 15 years, yep. which is a really long yeah. cycle, which to me, would be more fertile ground for the argument of let go of what this thing's going to do. Because in 15 years, history shows us, unless you landed your 15 years, if you were like, that dropped you right into 2010, that would be unfortunate. If you mm -hmm. bought your house in 1995, that would be a bummer, right? But it's still, from 95 to 2010, you still made money. Um, it's the 2006 to 2010 people that got absolutely clobbered. Um, but so 15 years, you can hardly consider that, um, in terms of being worried about the downside. And if you're licking your chops at trying to carry the one and figure out how much money you're just going to be parlaying into your next move after 15 years, that's kind of a ridiculous thing. You are going to have a lot of money. You know what else, um, today, uh, on a 30-year fixed 15 years in, you paid off half your stinking loan. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be worth as much or more than your appreciation. Even if you don't have appreciation, if your house stayed just flat, you created significant wealth in your life by having an amortizing loan. So that those are the things, again, so we got down to the end of this conversation that I had on Tuesday with this, like I said, a super intelligent couple um, and they were like, man, it makes a lot of sense. And then additionally, just pile on top of that. You're going to try to time this thing with mm-hmm. where you are going to be able to identify it, right? You're going to outsmart everyone. Those of us that are studying this stupid thing for 80 hours a week, um, you're going to outsmart it all. And at the same time, you're going to nail the interest rate to yeah. understanding that we have a Federal Reserve that uses the interest rate to offset the gains and losses of the overall economy. So when things are hot, the rates are up, which is costing you more. And when things are cool, the rates are down, which is incenting you in then. We, so, yeah. we, we still are at this place where we're arguably in the golden age of real estate where you've got a 5% 30-year fixed. And yes – uh, affordability is at all-time lows. We understand that. It is expensive. The barrier to entry is somewhat high, but I still think it makes it a fine time um, to buy your way into a real estate investment and shelter and a place to have your 
your friends and your memories, maybe your family, whatever it is that you do in your house. Um, I just hit the 15-year mark at the end of November in my home. And man, it's been a ride. It went up for a couple of years and then it like just did the roller coaster free fall. And now it's made its way well past the high that Mm -hmm. it was previously. Um, All the while I've, you know, the the home has met my needs. I've made home improvements, um, both functional and cosmetic. I've paid down my mortgage. I've got kids there and these great memories. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've got equity as I look back. Even in that. So today, though, in the big, broad picture of your house and all of that stuff, right, which it's you've done a great job remodeling it and having a family and doing all the things that you would expect an average person do in a house. Um, is it a great big investment? I mean, it's home, right? Yeah, I mean, it's home. Sure, we're going to put the money stuff somewhere. happen. Yeah, but yeah, you're going to spend your money doing something, right? We're, so you put in a nice kitchen, um, but you did the kitchen the way that you like it. Sure, you did the what pleases your taste and how you best use it, and you enjoy it that way. Everything you did is it always just is this adding the value? Am I getting four percent more for this? Do I? Well, you know, but people do. I wouldn't say there's a majority, but people do look at some of that that way. Um, I mean, you think about a, it a little bit with some yeah. of the choices you're making, but it's not the primary driver. It's it, more about what makes you happy and what's going to enhance your life living there. Because every day you got to spend your days there. Yeah. Well, we sure. get the question before somebody lists a property. Okay, what do I need to do if it's an older property, 30, 40 years old? Paint the front door. Paint the front door. <laughs> right? Okay. I read that in every real estate article. Really? Yeah. Well, the, 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 uh, the National Association of Realtors, their magazine comes out once a year and it has kind of this recap of, you know, if you do a bathroom, the return's this. If you do, you know, if you put the hot tub in, you're probably getting a negative return sure. because some things that you do to a, a home are, are, are specific to your needs, and, and especially a hot tub or a pool. Or Not everybody's going to. to what if you to, do a hot tub and solar? Wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh wow! So we you, made the conscious, you just went over the top. We made the conscious decision to do our remodeling when we had the money to do so, yeah. not live with it where it didn't totally satisfy us. And then you know, I see a lot of people they do all these improvements right before they sell it, and I'm like. Man, you should have done that earlier, and then you could have enjoyed it. You probably wouldn't have wanted to sell it. And then the other thing is, when I look at homes, because I'm always looking just for the fun of it, I I find that there's very few homes on the market where, oh man, those people have the exact same taste that I do. They that's I wouldn't change a thing. It's almost never the thought in my mind. Right. So I'd rather see the the home with the tile countertops and the old oak cabinets and stuff, because then I'm like cool that blank i would not hesitate to go change it and make it exactly how i want it rather than man they just invested 50 grand into that kitchen and now i kind of got to live with it because it's reflected <laughs> in the price that i'd have to pay I, for them. it's the i hate to pull out all the new stuff right, right. Okay, that's what i was yeah. gonna say at my house you know we bought our new house two years ago and i had not long before in our old house we did new countertops and backsplash and appliances and i got it just how i wanted it i loved it and then we sold it and moved, and we move into the new house, which is great, but it's got a granite that I don't really like. And yeah. it's like, before I pulled out <laughs> some junky white tile to replace to some granite that f- I really liked, and now I'm like, man, how do you just... So that ugly granite's still in there yep. because it's really difficult to bring yourself to tear out 
perfectly good granite solely on preference. Um, so yeah, totally. Um, it it always fascinates me that people want to um, really doll the place up right before they go. Yeah. So what is the? We'll do the commercial break, but you tease this. What is the best bang for the buck? The best painting. Painting. I agree. Probably. Nothing cleans up a house yeah. faster and more completely than painting. The interior and the exterior, for that matter. But, but I painting hate a home. painting. Well, that's why I you, know, but you, you can hire someone to do it. There you go. If you <laughs> but the get, money you make, you can hire somebody to... Uh, I want to, and for all the painters listening, I love you guys and don't take this wrong. It's like then why say it? twelve or $15,000 to get a house painted inside and out. Okay. Yeah, but how that's much time so... is it going to take you? And you got to battle the it's weather and the wind. Take me. And all. Well, but, just... you, <laughs> but you're not going to do it. You're right. Okay. Unless that's unless Dan that's and your I thing. Um, yeah, I there's know. nothing that will clean up a house faster than paint. It just the other thing up too, though, so about fast. painting is that um, every time I look at painting, or if I actually am like, fine, we'll paint. Um, it's one of those things where I'm like, I can do that and make it look good, and then I start doing it, and yeah. I'm like, a pro does so the- much better than what I'm doing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's not; it doesn't strike me as rocket science, <laughs> but they do so much better of a job than I could do. So, anyway, yes, so did. so my house needs paint <laughs> <laughs> and countertops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time. We do have to take a commercial break here. It's uh, thirty-seven after the hour. We've got one more good run in us, I think, before we call it a weekend. Uh, so do stick with us for the last part of Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often, potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. 
Subject to lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328-358. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Have a holly jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Oh, oh, the mistletoe hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you. Kiss her once for me. Have a holy Not a good jolly idea. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Nyers 2018. That's oh, somebody kissing somebody once for me thing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Probably not. Uh, not guys. a good idea. You, you guys are too deep on that. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. Got you got what? You. Oh, yeah. you probably still listen to Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. since last week, I read the lyrics. I have. That is not. There's nothing inappropriate in no, that there song. There is nothing inappropriate. She, the, 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 actually, what that song Dan, really there, speaks. No, Dan, no, no. Wait, I wait, love wait, you. Matt, 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 there are people right now that you are upsetting. And you know what? They haven't read the lyrics. They're just taking a couple of exchanges. But what it is, this woman in the song has a budding romantic relationship with the gentleman in the song. And she, the the real problem here is the way that people <laughs> will shame a woman for having physical intimacy early in a relationship. That's what it's really about. Oh, interesting. It's not about this. It's not a rapey song, as people want to say. That's not I, what's going on. I think on. you need to open up the phone lines after that. <laughs> I think Lisa would call in if she knew the number. There are four references in there to what will they think kind of tone. That's right. If I say, I'd love to say you've got this spell. I mean, you're just amazing. But I, what will they think if I stay? Beyond reading the lyrics, it turns out that the subject, that female character in the song is actually married. And that's her boss. That's <laughs> you're full of okay. it. You I'm are just kidding. full of it. I'm just, I, I think uh, I think we'll go back to Burl Ives. That, that, that's, yeah. that's a great memory and a great song. You know? Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wanted to say one other thing about the market, the people you were talking to and waiting, and you know, because we have that conversation a, a lot with people. You know, should I wait? Should I wait? Um, and as you know, and we say no, you should dive in now. Um, but um, you know. It, Kind of the the thing in real estate as realtors go, um, a general rule of thumb is once you know, once you realize the market's turned, it was turned six months ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're too late. Yeah, we sort of talk about that, and then you know, then the people that are on the fence and it's, oh, I'll just wait till the interest rates go down. Well, then they went up, right? And so then when they started going up, they said, well, maybe they'll come down. It's kind of like buying. It's like like people we know that bought Bitcoin. 
<laughs> right. And then it went way up, and they still didn't sell. I helped this couple buy a house last year. <laughs> It'll keep going yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I helped this couple buy a house last year that first came to me in 2014. Yeah. And if you remember 2014, um, rates were nice and low, and interest, uh, uh, home values were enjoying several mm. years of gains in a row. Um these guys thought it was unsustainable um, and wow. chose to kick back and sort of wait. So, um, well, well, it goes again back to, to, to kind of when we opened this conversation is it's the reality of, 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 of time. And if you're buying it because you because of community and all of the things that we talked about, then it's even hard sometimes to focus on how long. Right. You know, it's just like like Dan was saying. You know, he bought his home and he's enjoyed it and did all the things. And I don't think when you bought it, you thought, okay, well, this is a five year hold. I mean, maybe you did, but then it became yeah. fifteen. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know that I thought about yeah. it at all. I, I, I didn't don't think, think yeah. about a time frame. I just thought uh, I was excited to yeah. own my own, own home. home and not pay rent I anymore. I knew <laughs> you like when you bought that house, and I remember thinking. Um, I just remember thinking how lucky you were to be able to be afforded the opportunity to buy a home. Yeah. Yeah. And to boot a home um, in Morro Bay with an ocean view. And, um, man, 15 years, a whole lot has happened. But um, you're you're super lucky to have bought that home. And you could even be telling a whole nother story if you panicked and sold that thing when it started to dip because I'm not going to be no fool. The only thing um, I should have done was I should have sold it to you at the bottom to lock in that nice low property tax base. If only. What you should have could everything in life. Bro. One thing I learned about this last recession is that, um, and it's probably not legal but um we should have sold each other our house that's what i'm saying yeah. that's what we yeah. should have done <laughs> when all of a sudden they were like hey your house is worth half what it was great i'm gonna sell it over here to this guy and then and then in a little while here we'll go ahead and sell them back and then um, just read yeah, i want to exactly. do this with my stinking charter like we were talking earlier i want to do this with my charter uh, <laughs> just to get the new customer yeah, when at the end of the year I'll just open my charter at your house and then right. you just open your charter at my house and then when they try to double it we'll just be like just kidding we cancel and then <laughs> and then you'll just like open yours at your house again and I'll open mine back at my house Yeah, we'll uh, play the game I see what you're doing here charter charter <laughs> oh, yeah. try to charge me more just because I'm not new <laughs> what that's like a new way of doing business yeah. you, i like think back to like my grandfather's generation where it was like the last thing you want to do is rip off the guy that you can count on the guy that's always been there the guy that just buys from you every month every year for years on end dude in your face you have no choice but to use me so you're paying double what yeah. i'm gonna let the guy behind you pay because i've never met him before it used to what? be Hey, Steve, we really appreciate you being a customer for these last 20 yeah. years. Here's a turkey and to have yeah, with your here's family. A little, here's a little something it, for you. Now it's like, you know, customer 657, yeah. you know, customer, uh, customer 14325 yeah. is a newer customer, and we're just bringing him in the fold. That guy behind you in line, I've never met him before, so we're going to give him half of what you pay. <laughs> Ironically, we were just having this discussion, uh. and, and uh, my beef is, is with the Tribune. 
Be- you know, and a lot of people <laughs> yes. don't get the Tribune anymore. I but I have, yeah. yeah, since I was 18, and I still get it. And uh-huh. I go to places, yeah, and they'll, they're, they're, they're advertising a year for 20 bucks. I just paid mm-hmm. over, it was like 300 or 280 dollars <laughs> for the year. I was a 40 oh, year. That's such a difference. I 40 I mean, years newspaper subscriber. I finally yeah. cut it off this I, year. I, I, well, I can't. Somebody I, gets a 92% discount yeah. on your back. Yeah. 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 And they get nice. a t shirt and a hat. Well, if anything, it could let me make you feel better. Really? Um, it takes subscriptions to keep that paper alive, to be able to get your fingers dirty yeah. on that newsprint. It does. Every morning, <laughs> and I just, oh. your, um, and doing, you're getting yesterday's well, news. You're doing the <laughs> hey, well. You're doing the good work though. <laughs> yeah. It's you paying that's allowing them to to lose money to attract these new readers at this discounted amount. I know, um, <laughs> and I'm so grateful. It's my gift. Yeah, to everybody. Very nice. Yeah. There you go. Very thoughtful. Um, the one that keeps on giving. Yeah, that, that whole. <laughs> Are you one of those like remaining folks too that gets the phone book and you're like yes and brings it inside? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the problem with the phone book now, because I will tell, I, uh, God, um, I have an old phone book in my in a desk drawer, but it's from I don't even know how long you ago. You just use when, it to prop the monitor up a little bit. No, higher. I use it. No, he <laughs> like opens it up. And, you actually flip through that. Thing. Uh, he I, opens it up to like find out like. Um, you know, Kona's phone number. <laughs> right. And he's like, you know, finding no. their old address. Okay. And- okay. I, I'm just, I have to say this because, uh, Elisa, if you're still listening, you can now you know how easy it'll be to come onto the show and give me, <laughs> give me a bad time right. with other people. But uh, no, my, uh, I, like, I, I've had this discussion and I open it up because um, I get my work done at Dave's Automotive and it's highlighted on the page under D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, so I could just go it. there. But the problem with the phone books today is they're not they're 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 made you know they come from everywhere everywhere. It's more about the ad value yeah, inside the phone book. Yeah, when than I the, yeah. yeah when I was growing up, everybody there was, was in, one right. Yeah, there was one, and everybody was in the yellow pages. Or, you know, I mean, this is going way back. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, exactly. Oh, there there are people that have only looked at phone books to prop up their monitor sure. or whatever. Yeah, I remember, you know, when I was a kid, you'd grab the white pages oh. and look up your buddy, right? right. Find his dad. You don't know numbers. his dad's name, but you know their last name. Exactly. So you have I have four Joneses I need to call in Big Bear City right now. Um, today, I mean, how like, else did you prank call somebody? You yeah. had to look it up in the white pages. Right. So um, you do it a sleepover with your friends. Today, <laughs> though, like my kids are there. They like uh, need to find somebody on Snapchat. To figure out where they are, well, that, how to I, get a hold of them, what their phone number actually. That's is. what Steve's doing now. That's too. what I do now. Yeah. 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 Snapchatting. I'm on Instagram the, and yeah. Snapchat. I'm on Instabook and FaceChat. I got them all, and I'm good at them. I got Twitter Tube too. Hit me up on the DMs. My network. My network is on the line. I'm on the line. I'm on the line with everybody else. And if you're, if anybody's lucky, they'll be number ten in my in my phone. Oh, how much yeah, time the slot do we have? is available. All right, we got 10 <laughs> minutes left. Can we get serious here? I have a serious Ooh. question for you. Uh-oh. A legitimate and serious question. I wish you would is, send those to me ahead of time. This is um, he, how he prepares you for a totally ridiculous question. <laughs> no, sometimes I do. Uh, Touche, Dan. <laughs> Dan, uh, we, no, I have we, a legitimate we got into question. Disneyland last time. So, okay, okay, let's All right, okay. we're ready. Um, All right. So if I can relate it to that, I'm in. <laughs> Look I've been this. seeing more and more advertisements, mainly outside of our area, but they're getting pretty beefy on like network TV. And then if you travel, 
uh, purple bricks yes. and this other crap yes. where yes. there's um, is and from your vantage point of involvement with the the up aboves at the real estate level and all these things are you guys seeing or believing that there's um, traction to this thing so and and maybe you could summarize a little bit of like what purple bricks is or and maybe not even necessarily purple bricks but what this new model is well i don't want to go into purple bricks because it's it's the incentive to use somebody mm-hmm. other than a realtor and not pay a commission so i'm not sure i want to have that conversation on the radio mm-hmm. to enlighten people of that purple bricks phenomena going on out there but um again yeah it 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 does take it is all of those types of sites have traction, but they have traction in, in, in much larger markets. Right. I don't think that we're you know when when you're in these small markets, um, I don't think that that you're going to have that kind of traction. I don't think you have that kind of infiltration to a certain degree. But I would say that in Las Vegas and Austin and some of these other areas, that's where you're seeing these ads. In fact, Wes was uh, Wes Burke was just at our last staff meeting after you had um, taken off, Jason. Uh, we had this conversation and. He was in Las Vegas, and he said about he had the TV on to listen to the news in the morning, and, and he said like it's like every fourth commercial was some sort of this entity coming into our market, and um, it was interesting because we were calling them disruptors when uh, Zillow and Truly and those people came in, you know they were disrupting our market, and now they're um, interrupters. Okay, so that that's kind of the new term that was tossed around at our at our staff meeting the other day. Um, my surprise is, I, I, at least my comment was, I thought that the California Association of Realtors and the National, uh, you know, you don't see any kind of counter uh, ads. You don't see anything countering that, like, you know, coming on sure. and say, no, you know, the value of a real estate broker is this. I mean, that is the message. Uh, National Association is rolling out some new advertising with that. But, um, you know, th- there's just other things to focus on that are bigger than that uh, yeah. for, for the real estate industry as a whole. There's There's so much going on. You know, you know, nationwide that they, they don't focus on it, and it's and you know the other thing is uh, it's it's different in those bigger markets. Mm-hmm. Like when I had my office down in San Diego, um, one of the things that I came to realize was that you know, and, and I was like I, I I'm an expert. You know, I'm good at what I do. I'm knowledgeable. I'm prideful. I I have commitment, and I want people to view me as um, being somebody that has integrity. Right. Yes. Um, man, down there, those guys would sell you for a hundred bucks and, um, there's very little loyalty in that way that, um, you know, around here, there is a little bit more loyalty. It's still looking somebody in the eyes and a handshake really matters. And I think part of it too, is that there's such a saturation, like there's so many opportunities you can make a whole career of just destroying people's lives one transaction at a time. And as long as you get paid, you can find a new willing candidate right around the next bend. Right. Um, and, and unfortunately, that that paves the ground for allowing people in that don't need to protect and build a, a lifelong reputation of being, you know, the counsel and the help and the expert of helping people with what is a really stressful and trying transaction. Um, so anyhow, I think that's one of the things that in a metropolis like that allows these kinds of things to come in is like, well, they're kind of already dealing with that anyway. Yes. You got crappy agents that are reducing fees and doing stupid things already. Um, and they're, they're lackluster in their job as it is. And so now they work for these other entities, whatever. Right. Um, and, and if 
I, I'm sure there are people that are in San Diego or Las Vegas that are an, an agent like mm-hmm. you that are very mm-hmm. good and they, they do have a loyal uh, group of following because they're standout mm-hmm. and great, you know, the well, way we are here. I, I, would, I, I would, I just think those people do exist. But. I, I would hope so. Um, so, yeah, that is, I just came back from a leadership meeting at the California Association of Realtors uh, that they put on last week in, in, in Los Angeles. And that is kind of one of their themes is, is getting, getting it back out to the population. There is value. And uh, they have this, this theme right now. It's, it's who's your realtor and they, they really, you know, sure. you can work off of that uh, um, and social networks and things like that. And, and um, now it's, uh, you know, some of the, the suggestion was I'm your realtor and here's what I do. Um, yeah. You know, there's this whole push to get people to get involved in their community through the councils and, you know, planning commissions and supervisors. And, you know, right. and, and it's starting to take hold a little bit. But You know what's an interesting similarity to this that I think that a lot of you guys probably just – there's no need for you to draw this similarity. But for me, this is sort of what we're up against with like like Quicken and Wells and the majors okay. on my side because um, by and large, like the loan officers that are over there, um, they're usually – it's their first loan officer gig, right? Okay. And they're – you're using the term loosely. The same way you would for that commissionless realtor at Purple Bricks that is just sort of – accepting and and just willing to do these things. And they're obviously not great at it. And if they were, they would be making a normal living as a quality realtor with great relationships. Um, But so the bottom line is these people are making significantly less to be a loan officer at Quicken. Um, They're consequently, their experience is much, much less. And this is why you guys hear about these transactions where it's up in the middle and there's a problem and nobody really has the interest, time, or ability to solve it. They have so much volume because of their um, great advertising and reduced, you know, perceived cheaper deal um, that they're just happy to just start ignoring you and just focus on the ones, hey, guys, the fast lane's still moving. Mm-hmm. Let's let's quit monkeying around with these people having trouble in the middle. Um, and I think that's one of the things that there's a propensity for that to happen whenever you're using a lower caliber person um, that is working for a reduced commission because they're not worth more, you know. Um, so anyhow, there, there's a, there is a similarity there. I don't think it has real threat of taking hold in our market. Um, but you, you, it's interesting that you bring that up because I would tell you at least my point of view and, and, and I could probably speak for some others um, – we don't know that about your industry, right? Okay, I, I, you know, all I, you know, I hear Quicken Loans on the radio, and I'm like, oh, they, you know, they do it all, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but, but get a rocket mortgage. Yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I remember saying, gosh, what a great idea. This was really, a, you know. Yeah. But it's interesting because now this is the second time I've heard you bring that up in the last week, and um, it's interesting to me because I know nothing about that whole end of your market. Well, that whole model, and they even joke about it in one of their commercials, is about disinforming the consumer. There's a, there's this one commercial we were joking about the other day where it, you know, they, you got three offers. Yeah, we got three offers. Two are FHA, one is VA, and mm. you know, what are you gonna do? What are you? And the people are like. I don't even know what that means. And and then the comedian comes on. the. Sh- he's like, here, just just press this button. And, you know, you don't need to know about all those details. Yeah. Just press the button and we'll take care yeah. of it. And it's, they need to know about the, that stuff. They need the information. That's uh, why you stay local, young man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. Right. Well, and, and also we're the type of people that we're appealing to, just like you are the type of people that want that 
um, highly skilled professional and will settle for no less. And how does someone get a hold of you if they want that highly skilled professional? My cell number, 805-801-5165. Thank you so much for having me on again. Thanks for, I'll, I'll, I'll come back again. I look forward to it. I always love having you on. Today, today conversation felt a little more serious was, anyway. Yeah, you know. It's been a really great year this year, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. Yep. 805-543-LOAN or centralcoastlending.com. You guys, happy holidays. Uh, We'll be live again after the new year. uh, Wishing you all well. Take care of each other.